Hello, and welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Samantha Varner. Sam focuses on helping other women find success and consistent profit in their business, coaching women to develop as leaders of their businesses and realize they are capable of changing their financial picture through business ownership is the thing that lights Sam up. Before we get started, I'm excited to share an opportunity with you, the $1,000 marketing plan. Would it be a relief to bring in enough clients to make your big vision possible and not feel icky about your marketing? For just $1,000, you'll receive a customized plan for your business that focuses on your impact and clearly maps out your next steps for marketing your most valuable offering. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you want to make in the world. Go to the $1,000marketingplan.com for more information. Click on any button to get started. Don't forget the whole name, the 1000indigitsmarketingplan.com. Click on any button to get your customized marketing plan underway. The link is also in the show notes. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this today. Well, me too, because you describe yourself as a, uh, and others have described you as a badass. So what does that mean for you? Um, I think it means many things in many contexts, but I think I, I operate probably in all of my life, to be quite honest, uh, in a very straight shooting kind of no BS sort of manner. Mm-hmm. And I find that kind of, you know, it weaves its way into my parenting and into probably the way I am as a wife, and then also uh, how I am in my business with my clients as well. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I mean, it speaks to all the things like mm-hmm. authenticity and, uh, you know, speaking the truth and integrity and and all those very, very good things. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you focus on profit and not just income, because Mm -hmm. I always want to say in those, you know, six days to six figures of income kind of things, it's like, yeah, you know, income is a fine thing and obviously essential to get the profit. But if you're not actually making a profit, it's you still don't have a business. So So how, yeah, do you make that distinction with your clients as a, because I notice you talk specifically about profit rather than income a lot. I do. And I think, because I think it's really important. There are a lot of stories online of businesses that are making, you know, six figure this, six figure that. And the reality is if you are also spending six figures to generate that, you're not walking home with very much money in your pocket. And I think people forget about that part when they start out in business or as they're growing in business, they feel like, um, the, the numbers aren't necessarily the sexy fun part of business all the time, <laughs> right, right. but it is the stuff that makes a massive difference if you have a really good picture of what that looks like and can follow it up with, you know, kind of some 
smart thinking when it comes to spending decisions or hiring decisions and that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. More money in your pocket is really why everybody I know that started a business started a business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know f- I've had this experience. I know other people that have as well, that when you grow a business, it is probably surprising to most people how quickly costs escalate as well, especially if you're bringing on a, a team and um, rather than easing into it with you know some contract folks, it can very quickly become a fixed cost that uh, is, you know, gets to be problematic and you end up not you end up working twice as hard because the volume has increased to say it's doubled, but yet your, your profit and what you're making is not changed at all. So that's a bit of a sobering moment. I find mm-hmm. my clients. Yep. I find that especially with anybody. I mean, as you said, for hiring, but also like bricks and mortar business, mm-hmm. when you run into that, you know, burning desire of feeling like you need an office or a space to yeah. create legitimacy, mm-hmm. it, it's such a cost, right? And it's so often in this day and age, not something that's a necessity. So right. that is a big factor. Absolutely. All of a sudden your, your balance sheet is not looking so good yeah. with all the outgoings. Right. And it's hard to get out of. I mean, it's Absolutely. not like from one day to the next, you can pivot. <clears throat> Whereas when you don't have that space, you have more flexibility, certainly. Mm-hmm. So what's the, let's just do this early on and talk about what's the impact of building a successful business. And that there may be an obvious answer to that question, but let's dig deeper into the impact it has on uh, the business person, their families, the community and the larger world. Mm-hmm. I think for me, because I focus so, so much on female entrepreneurs and women in business, I see an impact that I love the impact that I see actually, because it's, it is giving back to the community, but it is giving back in a way to their families that is beyond just, Hey, a second paycheck coming into the household or whatever that might look like Mm. extracurriculars for the kids. It is demonstrating to the children um, that women are capable of doing mom stuff really well and at the same time are capable of building successful businesses. Mm. And that confidence level and the ability for women to feel comfortable to stand on their own two feet financially, whether or not they ever need to is not even relevant, but the fact that they could, they are capable of doing it is the reason that I got into it in the first place. And Mm -hmm. the, the impact of that, I think is generation after generation, seeing that there's a way to take your interests, take your career and fit it into the life that you want to build as opposed to feeling like you have to just go to a job and work that job and have life around that. And I think that's so huge for access to, you know, you can volunteer, you can get involved in your community. You can do far more things Mm -hmm. when you have control of your time as an entrepreneur. Yeah, certainly. And have more impact. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you're you're talking about a number of things here. You're talking about role modeling, mm-hmm. um, and um, not just for your family, but for people that are in the larger circle of you, of you, yours, and your family. And there's also the, uh, and you touched on this too, about the building your own confidence that there's a way in which you can build something yourself and um, create something out of nothing, basically. Yeah, and it's amazing to watch. I've had just the absolute 
pleasure of watching my clients. Some of them come to me with businesses that exist, but some of them are coming to me very much in the infancy stage. And to watch them go from an idea right through to something that is actually generating profit and creating financial security for their family and just the transformation the business goes through, but also the transformation these women are going through as they realize they are capable of those things and dive into what does that transformation look like for you? It it looks like, I mean, confidence is the word that I keep coming back to, but it looks like just empowerment. It looks like they're, it, it opens the doors to, and now what? What else could I, if I can do this, what else can yeah. I do? Yeah. That That's the big shift I see is just that stepping into their own power and their own capability um, and having that really be as limitless as they want it to be. Mm. And seeing opportunities that you wouldn't have been able to even consider before and seeing different opportunities because of where you are. Mm-hmm. I always say the, I always say the landscape shifts as soon as you start taking action. <laughs> it's, it's why I don't really, I don't believe in five-year business plans other than as a very broad strokes visioning process, because the moment you start taking action, you see different ways you could go that are some of which are probably better than anything you might've imagined from, you know, the starting line. I agree with that so much. I think there's something to be said for kind of a vision board exercise or something along those lines that would be the, Hey, wouldn't that be cool vision? Right. But the reality is, yeah, everything changes. It's a choose your own adventure as you go through the process and just see what happens. Yeah. Well, you have a finance background as a financial planner, and uh, I have to confess that is my least favorite part of my <laughs> business, although I love watching, you know, meeting income goals and, and all of that, mm-hmm. but the, the, uh, the nuts and bolts are not my favorite thing. But what are the things you learned as someone in the finance realm and as a financial planner that you brought to your business that enhance it? I think I think probably the main thing is just the power of tracking your money and actually watching what's happening with it. So mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of us um, have the tendency to kind of like, that is the dreaded task. It is the thing I don't want to do. It is the thing that I'll leave forever. I know bookkeepers out there in the world will sympathize with this, where it's like, you know, it's a garbage bag full of receipts in the backseat of the car <laughs> right? because we just don't want to look at it as if that story is going to be different if we look at it. And mm-hmm. I know that watching people when I used to do financial planning and it was personal, personal money stuff, um, you having a, having a really high level of comfort with your money and your dollars and your numbers allows you to have greater choice. Mm-hmm. And people forget that because it's scary. And it seems like all of us forget that it's basic math, right? It's addition and subtraction. We can all do that no matter how much math class was terrible growing up. Right. right. And, and I think it, it really is an empowering action once you get over the hurdle of whatever the mental games are you have to play with yourself to convince mm-hmm. yourself that this could be a fun game as opposed to a torturous activity. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I'll introduce a little woo-woo in this too. I think energetically, it makes mm-hmm. a difference when you focus on something, when you're uh, tracking it, it it really brings your attention repeatedly 
to, yes, this is my goal. This is where I'm heading with this. Here's the progress I'm making. And when you make some progress, you pour in some positive energy into it as well. And I noticed for myself when I, uh, you know, when I stopped doing that kind of you know, I, I'm, this isn't a, a video podcast, but I'm, at the moment, I'm like pushing my hands out to the side, kind of like, yeah, you stay over there. Yep. <laughs> I'm not interested in looking at you. But when you actually look at it and track it and are serious about focusing on it on a regular basis, it really takes on an energy of its own to some extent, too. Do you oh, find for that? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that 100%. Because I think, I think with money, what we watch grows. I think you do start to energetically pull things towards you. I think you are more likely to take that next hard action that you know has a possibility of resulting in some sort of exchange of money. If you look at it and think like, oh, I didn't realize I'm only $250 away from that goal that I had, whether it's a monthly goal or whatever, you are going to work harder. You are going to do those actions that you know have mm-hmm. a really good chance of translating into some profit for you versus you don't even know how close you are. So you don't mm-hmm. know, you know, how well you're doing. It's that, it's that critical piece of celebrating every win. And I think yeah. that always needs to include celebrating those financial wins in a black and white kind of spreadsheet type way. Yeah, for sure. Well, and when you know where you are, it's it's less daunting. I mean, I'm $250 away versus well at the beginning I said $10,000 and now I'm now I'm like I'm almost there and and you yeah, it kind of boosts you to to try something else just to Mm -hmm. get there. Yeah. Well, your dad was an entrepreneur and that how did that influence you as you were watching that? We we touched on this already in terms of the role modeling and just seeing what people can do, but how, how did that influence you? It hugely influenced me. I spent so much time. So my dad had a general contracting firm hmm. and I spent many a summer pouring concrete and dyeing rebar and those sorts of <laughs> wow. things. So I was influenced in a very hands-on type of way. Uh-huh. Um, and then just watching him interact with clients, watching him you know, at some point I moved past the manual labor and was helping in the office. So hmm. he was doing his books in a, in a grid pad highlighter kind of way. Right. Um, and just watching how he was doing it and getting, I think getting to that point of really having a deep picture of what he was doing in his business, as opposed to just knowing like, okay, dad goes off to work and, and then we see him at dinner and I don't sure. know what he does. Yeah. Um, it allowed me to see what was possible. It allowed me to see the level of work it takes to run a business. Um, And I think it also allowed me to evaluate at a very early age, my brain went early to, could this be more efficient? Could you do this better? What about Mm. these gaps? That wasn't always taken with the um, advice that I wanted it to be taken. Because of course, (laughs) what did I know? Um, (laughs) But but I do think it was, it really allowed me to kind of have a case study to look at and evaluate and, and um, investigate at a very young age, which was, I'm forever grateful for that. Cause I think it did steer me in the direction of, yeah, I want to be my own boss. And I think I can do a pretty good job because now I know what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It really helps clarify what's possible. I, I know mm-hmm. I've given 
I've given workshops in colleges where the kids haven't even necessarily been thinking that way because they don't have anybody in their personal realm right. who is an entrepreneur. And it just, it's very eye-opening for them to expand into that possibility. And for you, you had it right there, right in front mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. As you were pouring concrete. As I was pouring <laughs> concrete and it was, uh, it was cold. We were in Alberta. It was cold. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you say that, um, I'll quote you here, working hard, hustling, and overwhelm feels terrible. And I, I agree with you. And I mean, overwhelm is easy to understand, but there's so much of this, the bro culture thing mm-hmm. about hustling and working hard. Why is that? Why does that feel terrible? Why is it so bad? I think because it feels like we're constantly on a hamster wheel and mm-hmm. we can never actually get to where we're going. Um, People that get into business for the most part are coming from some experience working for somebody else. There has never been an entrepreneur that I've talked to that has said, I really started my business so that I could work longer hours, (laughs) my family less, and be absolutely up to my eyeballs in stress at all times. And yet, Mm -hmm. for some reason, we get to this stage where we think, we're in a job and we think I can do this better. I can do this on my own. I could, I could hang up my own shingle in whatever this is that I've decided I I love and I can do it better than the people I work for currently. They are not doing it as efficiently as they could. Mm -hmm. So we have all of this confidence and enthusiasm. And then we leap out onto our own little shelf and we forget, we know what we're doing and we forget that we never wanted to work 80 hours a week. That was why we left that job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's something we see in the media. I think it's something that is perpetuated in a lot of the online business kind of groups that you have to work really, really hard to have any success. And I, Mm -hmm. I think there is the old saying of, you know, work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of busy work that gets done with entrepreneurs where we want to check off a list so that we feel like we've achieved something. (laughs) That's right. But it's not really the work that has to get done. Sometimes it's just like, I made my website more beautiful today. Okay, well, that's not going to make you any money, Hmm. but you spent six hours on it. That is not efficient use of your time. So I think we get lulled into thinking time equals results and it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And that's very much a kind of... um, industrial revolution type society approach where, okay, I put my hours in and I get paid no matter what kind of scenario. And, and of course, nobody starts off uh, consciously thinking that way, especially in your own business, but it's so easy to get drawn into that trap, especially if you're faced with something that is challenging and Mm -hmm. frightening to do. It's new. You're pushing your edge. Um, so to then turn away from, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to spend five minutes going through emails and you spend an hour and a half. (laughs) Yes. We all do that. Don't we? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to be able to pull yourself back from that and, and refocus on what's most important and and, in the work I do and the impact that you want to have. For sure. And I think I see that a lot with women entrepreneurs that have kids at home. Mm -hmm. I think you see a lot of but the housework, but the laundry, but the piling up of all the things that are just the, you know, household tasks that have to get done as well. And one of the things I try and really coach my clients around is that stuff can wait. If your biggest priority is 
to run your business and to spend four hours a day running your business or whatever that looks like, the Cheerios on the table will be there in four hours. That's the joy. It's always there. (laughs) And you can do it then. And trying to really teach ourselves that, you know, do the biggest, most pressing tasks first. Some days that ends up being a sick kid at home is the most pressing task Mm -hmm. for sure. But some days the dishes, they are not the priority. And it's okay to let some of those things sit on the back burner as well. And that's a, that's a big, hard lesson a lot of times for women to embrace fully and have that be okay. Mm -hmm. Women are doing multiple roles and often, especially in a home-based business scenario, Mm -hmm. it's easy to get drawn into those things. Yep, absolutely. I'm staring at some laundry piles right now. So I do know (laughs) how that is. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I think too, behind some of this is that this, you know, the whole hustle and, and uh, work hard thing is it reflects a something deeper around not being enough or mm-hmm. feeling like somehow you're not enough just to do the work, be efficient about it, get it done, that you have to somehow compensate for that feeling of, well, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fraud or an imposter doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? I do. I do. I see that a lot with clients where they have outlined, you know, we try and work on very simple business strategies so that it's not, you have 37 tasks to do, but you just have a handful and they come to the end of that handful of tasks that were the, you know, must get done stuff today. And inevitably I get text messages saying, okay, what else should I do? What else should I be doing? What I need to be doing more. This isn't enough. This isn't going to work. Yeah. And it's, and it's getting them to buy into the fact that those five tasks will indeed work. Right. And now you have free time. Yeah. Now you're done. Yeah. For the day. You can go and do all the other things. Go play with your kids. Go for a walk with your dog. Go do whatever you want to do and try and really create those boundaries for work time versus lifetime. And the lifetime box should be much bigger. Um, Long-term sustainability in business means your life is the bigger priority, not your business. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. First, I want to share an offer with you, the $1,000 marketing plan. If your body tightens up just thinking about marketing, or if you're not sure what to do next to bring in a steady stream of business, then consider the $1,000 marketing plan. This plan, customized for your business, will center your marketing around the most important thing for your business, your impact. For an investment of $1,000, you'll have a plan that clearly maps out what to do for the next 6 to 12 months to market your best offering and bring in the income you want. Be in alignment with what you value and the change you want to make in the world. Go to the1000marketingplan.com and don't forget the whole name, the1000inddigitsmarketingplan.com. For more information, click on any button to get started. The link is also in the show notes. What what are some ways that women struggle um, in business that you think is is particular to women? There is a lot of hesitation around selling. There's a lot of, that is probably the most common thing I hear from people is I don't want to sell to people. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to feel like I'm sleazy or 
or coercing people into a purchase. And I think it is, there is a difference between men and women in that women are really happy to refer, right? So if Mm -hmm. I find an amazing shampoo, I'm going to tell everybody I know about it and have Mm -hmm. no, no issue doing so. But somehow if I have an amazing business that would be relevant, now I'm selling said shampoo. I didn't just find it, but now I'm actually going to sell it. Somehow it's like morally offensive to bring that up in a group because you might profit from it. And it's, it's a real, um, it's a real disservice. I think for women to believe that by selling something, you are immediately are sleazy. I think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think as entrepreneurs, not being aware of the fact that you are indeed the selling team for your business, right? And Mm -hmm. that might just be you, but it's a, it's a disservice to not provide the expertise you have in the world and to make sure that people know you exist and that you can help them with whatever it is that they're having trouble with. And I think men have a lot less hesitation around sharing things like that, whether or not they're getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? I think it probably goes back to the, you know, be quiet, don't take up space. I think it's that probably environment that so many of us were raised in. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the concept that it's not appropriate for women to be selling things or making money or running businesses, right? I think it comes to that underlying thing of we've all a little bit internalized that messaging as well. And so when you go to really kind of hit up against that, you, you feel uncomfortable right? You have to learn those skills in a way that makes you feel safe and secure in doing it. Well, I think also there's this expectation uh, because of the cultural soup we're swimming in Mm -hmm. that that, uh, if a man speaks up, that there's more likely, they're more likely to be heard. So I think they carry an expectation of when I speak, someone is going to listen to it. And I don't think uh, that's, that's not universal for women. So we have a bit of that. Um, feeling a barrier even before you begin. Yep. I think so too. And I think I, I would like to think with a daughter now and three sons, she's probably the most opinionated of all of them right now (laughs) Um, at 13. That is not surprising, but I do think that it is probably shifting generationally. And I would Mm. like to think that we're moving closer and closer towards the idea that when a person speaks, we listen and give it time. Right. Yeah. Love hearing that, hearing that there's an affirmation and it's going on in your own household. So that's great. Trying. (laughs) (laughs) So what does it mean to step into being CEO of your business versus versus essentially being its employee? I I always talk about having to grow into being the leader you need to be to have the impact you want to have. So how do you grow into being the CEO you need to be? I think the main points around that are really visioning what you're trying to create from a bigger, higher perspective. So not, I have to get out that email newsletter. I have to, you know, do this, that, or the other thing, but the actual, what am I trying to grow? What am I trying to create for my clients? How do I want people to feel that interact with my business? And I will often say to people when I'm talking to them, like, think about yourself as if you were Nike or Budweiser beer or, you know, somebody big that you immediately go, okay, how do they want you to feel when you're wearing their shoes? They have, that is ingrained 
in all of us, right? There are certain brands that we just understand intrinsically what they're trying to share. And I think it's getting that CEO hat on and determining what you want people to think about when they think about your business. And then going through and making sure you spend the time in your business to create that feeling and to expand that feeling all of the time throughout your community and throughout your home and throughout your business to your clients and potential clients as well. Yeah, that's so good. I, I mean, we've touched on this a few times about confidence, but, and I agree that confidence and self-belief are so important in both life and in business. And what are the ways that, that we can build those? How is, um, how are the ways that women in particular can build their confidence? One of the things I tell clients to do all the time, and they always laugh at me, but I, I still think it's a good one, is there is often a hesitancy around telling people how much is your product. So there is, you know, you will have encountered people that kind of stumble a little bit, or when we're talking about the money part, it gets really kind of awkward. And meaning, so, meaning as opposed to what other people are contributing? Is that what you mean? No, I mean, like if somebody says to you, okay, so how much is your coaching program or how much is it to work with you? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that response is a little bit stunted. Mm-hmm. And what I've said for clients is I, I want you to, every time that you go to the washroom, I want you to look in the mirror and say your price to the for the point of getting as comfortable saying your pricing as you are saying your phone number. And I think what ends up happening in the nature of doing that exercise, and they all feel goofy and they always ask me if they have to do it in a public restroom. And I would say no. Um, But if you're bold, you can, right? Like throw it out there in that public bathroom. Somebody's (laughs) going to ask you what you're talking about. Right. Um, But it builds your confidence and it, because it becomes just something you say, something you talk about. And the more Mm -hmm. we do those things, that confidence builds, whether it's your pricing or explaining your business or, or inviting people in to hear more about it because you think it's a good fit. Uh, Take some of the heat out of it and be behind it more. Why is it in this conveying what you do and gaining comfort with that? Um, as part of the selling process and marketing, Mm -hmm. why is it so important to tell your own story? I think because, and this isn't, I don't think my thought, this is a thought that is probably pretty well known, is storytelling is critical. That's how human beings retain information best. Mm -hmm. It's how we learn and it's how we were taught before there was, you know, written word. And even now, when you look at you know, those family stories that get passed on and you say, you know, they come out at all those family gatherings, you're at Thanksgiving, you're at Christmas, and you hear the same stories over and over again. It's that is really critical, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to have a story so that people can identify themselves within that story, or that they can see your humanity in your story. So even if it's not directly aligned with what their story looks like, they can kind of follow along that path and see the value of what you're saying in a way that's very palatable and very easily understood for people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, it, it's helpful for people to start to be identified with their business in the mm-hmm. sense of here's someone I see who's gone through a struggle or some kind something they've overcome or 
um, some way in which they've approached a problem that's similar to what I have. And, and this is a shared experience and Mm -hmm. it's a way of, of connecting with people, bringing them together. And then it starts to feel like, Oh, this is someone who's like me in some way. And, and you can, um, start to connect on that level. I, I think most stories, or if not all, let's say all stories have an essence to them. And on that level, we can all relate to them. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. We're either looking for ways that we're similar or ways that we might be able to achieve the same end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just know when I, you know, you hear Liz Gilbert, for example, talking about her scenario or Oprah. I mean, we're we're obviously not either of those people, but yet there's things in the essence of those stories that really speaks to people and and uh, brings them in mm-hmm. uh, to closer connection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that engagement, right? Like we are able yeah. to engage uh, kind of a PowerPoint with no human interest in it is very right. hard to pay attention to. Yeah. But if somebody tells you something in the way that is a story, you just go along. Like you just follow along the story without mm-hmm. necessarily knowing all of the bits and pieces they're putting in there. Sure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It makes it harder. It It's you don't have to think so hard to kind of be all into the messaging. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you talk about in terms of a goal in working with your clients is simplicity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's such an easy word to say, just kind of rolls off the tongue. And what I wrote when I was making notes about our conversation is how do you get that? <laughs> how do you get simplicity? And that uh, t- Tell us what, uh, you know, why is that so valuable as a way to look at things? And, and I mean, there's an obvious answer again to that, but maybe uh, more deeply. And then uh, how do you go about achieving that? I think, I think the reason that we all love it when we see somebody saying, hey, it doesn't have to be complicated, it can be simple, mm-hmm. is because our human brains have a tendency to make everything very complicated, everything very complicated. And any time that we can believe there's a way to make it a little bit less complicated, a little bit more streamlined, we like the idea of it. Um, And it goes back to, I think, our lives are already very, very complicated. In every facet of everybody's life, there is such high level of complication. And I look at complication from, it's just noisy. It's very noisy in our Mm -hmm. lives now, whether it's news or social media or COVID-19 or whatever it is, there's a lot of noise. And to be able to sit down at your desk and think, okay, my simple plan is one, two, three, that's what Mm -hmm. I have to do, makes it feel nice and it makes it feel comforting. And it eliminates all of the potential things that you could do. Because as entrepreneurs, a lot of us spend a lot of time listening to podcasts or reading books or engaging in Facebook groups or other places, networking events. And you hear all of the different ways people are generating income for their business. Mm -hmm. And you start to, most of us will start to go down that that rabbit hole of, oh, maybe I should add that. Oh, I should do that too. Oh, I don't do that, but I I guess I should if they're doing it. Yeah. And especially entrepreneurs, because we're just full of ideas. We are, right? And and 
part of the the way around that I think, and what I try and use in my own life, because I am a list builder extraordinaire, <laughs> um, is really creating a notebook that is a parking lot of things. So my simple plan, I work under, for the most part, under a 12-week strategy where I'm going to do three things over the course of 12 weeks that are going to move my goals forward. Mm-hmm. The rest of the really good ideas I have all of the time go into the parking lot. And I don't yeah. evaluate that until the end of the 12 weeks where I then am looking for what are my actions for the next, the next 12 weeks. Yeah. It took me a long time. Simplicity mm-hmm. is hard. It is hard work reining yourself back in and giving yourself permission to just do the plan. Yeah. And it takes discipline. And I think also a, a faith, a confidence that when you come to the end of, say, that three month period, there will not only be those ideas, there'll be more ideas mm-hmm. and that you can pursue. And um, it's, it's, you know, once you make the discriminating choice, the discerning choice around these are the things that are most um, have the most potential at the moment and are most actionable. Once you decide that, you can set it set aside the other ideas and then come back to it in a time frame that lets you actually execute on something instead of just generating more ideas. Exactly. And it allows you to then really evaluate right? If you, if you don't do the get distracted by the squirrel thing all the time, <laughs> it, it allows you to actually see if it works because so often what'll happen is we'll start something and then we find some new, better, different way to do it. And we start that, but we don't know if, if route a would have actually worked because mm-hmm. we never gave it enough time right. to just percolate along and see what was going to happen. And so it is discipline and it is really hard. And it's probably one of the areas that my clients, you know, I mean, that's where accountability comes in. It's like mm-hmm. you kind of being like, no, look back over here. No, right. look back over here. <laughs> and it's all of us, right? So as much as yeah. I, I try and coach to that way, right. 97% of the time, I'm also listening to that when I say it, because I probably need to redirect as well. Yeah, when, and we all do. It's yeah. certainly true. Well, in the interest of, of redirecting and, and getting us on uh, and, and coming to full circle in, in this conversation about impact, mm-hmm. um, I always end these interviews with a rapid round of three questions about impact. Are you game? I am. Absolutely. Throw it at okay. me. Okay. <laughs> Great. So the first one is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just, I think you're never really ever going to be aware of how much impact you have in the Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. You, you will never know, but when you do get just a little glimpse every once in a while of something that has had impact in a way that you didn't even realize you were doing, you didn't realize that message had resonated in that way for that person in that moment. um, It's an extraordinary feeling. Mm -hmm to know that you're contributing to somebody's transformation in some way in your life. And so I think it's, I think it's kind of cool to think about all the different little ripples that are out there, maybe having massive impact all the time. And I, I don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, it's great that you had that experience too. Well, the second question is what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? Um, I think, I think not holding back, not mm-hmm. hesitating, being willing to 
put myself out there in all facets of my life, but put myself out there knowing full well that sometimes it's going to be an epic failure. (laughs) I don't get too upset now if I feel like a fool or if I look like a fool and just not being scared to do the hard or the scary thing and doing it anyway, because the, the impact for my life has been always better, always better than being afraid and choosing the easy route. Mm-hmm. So kind of yeah, continuing not, to do that boldly. Yeah. And not taking action as opposed to doing mm-hmm. something in the direction of where you want to go. Yeah. Just take a step. Worst case scenario, you can step backwards if you need to, but, but step forward. Yes. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the third and final question in the rabbit around is what's a piece of advice or an insight you'd share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I, how can I have impact? How can I positively influence things? I think the biggest piece of advice is to go out and have conversations with people, engage mm-hmm. with your world and not in a weird and self-promoting type way, but in a way that you get involved in things that you're passionate about, you share what you're passionate about, you help people. If you come across somebody and it is a fit for your business or just a fit for something that you're excellent at, you know, fixing a bike or helping a new mom with it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Those kind of things, just put yourself out there in the world and share your gifts because that's why you have them. What a great way to end this interview. I, uh, Sam, I really appreciate everything that you've bought, brought to our conversation, your badass self, and, <laughs> uh, and just looking at uh, important aspects like profit and finance and uh, you know how we can build a mindset that's really going to help us grow our businesses in a way that reflects ourselves and the lives we want to have. I, I really appreciate having this conversation with you. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Probably the best way for them to track me down is on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I am Samantha N. Varner at, on Instagram. And then in my bio is links to everything else. So if you want to find me in any other way, it's all right there. So hey. that's the best place probably to track me down. I love chatting in messages and stuff. So if people have questions or just follow-ups to anything, I am always happy to have you slide on into my DMs and ask me some questions. That's always an, always a great opportunity. Okay, great. And we'll include all those links in the show notes as well. People can Perfect. take a I look there. That. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Sam. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you to this podcast kind of putting it out there and having these discussions is so valuable, I think for entrepreneurs and just people in general. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. the work you're doing as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join me for more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and help us spread the word rate and review the podcast on Apple podcasts to discover more about your impact, schedule a business impact assessment one-on-one with me, 60 minutes of focus on your and your company's impact and how you can increase it. Go to workalchemy.com BIA to schedule your business impact assessment. This podcast is produced on the traditional lands of the Cherokee, Tuscarora, Catawba, and Waccamaw Sioux and people. 